0: You see everything, Zechariah, Elizabeth, all that. And then you get you get to the shepherd part. I'll never forget it. We walk up and there's two or three sheep. It tried to be more, but I, okay, two or three. And there's a couple of guys, you know, the shepherds. And all of a sudden, oh, an angel appears. And we're like, oh my gosh, where did he come from? Kind of scared you. They had you looking over here and bam, here's this angel. And it's Gabriel is what they're calling. And, they, and he's announcing... This and saying all this stuff about today in the city of David, a Savior's been born. It's Christ the Lord. And then, boom, from behind us, and it's like you turn around like you're in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What is? Am I getting transported? What's going on here? And there's this bunch of people dressed up as angels singing. And that's I can just imagine. And that, by the way, is maybe fifteen, ten or fifteen? Imagine thousands. All this sky opens up. It's like the Mormon Tabernacle choir is performing for the people who sweep up the place. It's just a few people, a few guys and some sheep, but it's big news. And so as I and, and, and by the way, after that after this, this this takes place and the shepherds go and find Jesus, they return. Look at this passage here in verse twenty. This is what I notice. This is what I, the, the next passage. If you've got it, guys. I'm having trouble. Okay. It says the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It says they returned. I want you to remember that word, returned. And what did they do? They go home, celebrating. They go home praising God. Why are you guys celebrating? Why are they praising God? You ask a lot of people today, why are you celebrating Christmas? You're going to get a lot of different answers. I'm celebrating Christmas because all my shopping is done and now I can relax. You know, I'm celebrating Christmas because I'm going to have members of my family that I do want to see. Uh Oh, I'm looking forward to Christmas because one of my relatives is coming home on furlough, and I haven't seen them in quite a while. Maybe others will say, "Well, I'm looking. You know, I'm going to celebrate. I guess. Um, well, because I'm thinking of all the presents and the gifts that I'm going to give and receive. Maybe you might even say something like this: I'm celebrating Christmas because I'm just getting through another year because it is at the end and. That was a tough one. And maybe there's a few when you ask them why are you celebrating Christmas and I'm not sure I'm going to celebrate Christmas. Um, I just wanted to hurry up and get over with. Just get on past us so we can get on back to our lives. I want you to see something about Christmas in this little verse here. That Christmas is supposed to change you and I. That after Christmas, when we return back to the things we're doing, We can celebrate what Christmas is about. So I learned from these guys, I learned from these shepherds why I can celebrate. And I hope you'll bear with me because they're very simple points. But to me, they help me understand and celebrate Christmas like these shepherds. I learned something from these herdsmen. Number one, I can celebrate Christmas because Christmas tells me that I matter to God. God. Look at it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. This is not during the winter. They'd be inside somewhere. This is during a time when you can be outside and graze. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The glory of the Lord. What is that about? Well, we get the word Shekinah. It's the the light of God or the presence of God. We've seen it. Maybe you've seen it in movies if you remember the Ten Commandments. And Charlton Heston plays Moses, takes out, takes the people, the people of Israel out of Egypt. They're led by a pillar of fire. Shekinah. You have examples uh, in the Bible where Jesus takes his, his, uh, three of his closest disciples to a mountain and light the glory of God. Appears and there's Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus, and a voice from heaven says, This is my son, listen to him. Apostle Paul is on the road to Damascus, and a bright light knocks him off his, as my dad would say, off his high horse and on his Shetland pony. Knocks him down, man. He is blinded by the light the presence of God. God is near. And so we see these guys that God appears to them. Shows Himself to shepherds. He says, don't be afraid. Why are they, Why are they afraid? They shouldn't be afraid. They've they, they tackled lions and bears and all kinds of predators out there being shepherds. But this is Way above what they've ever experienced. And the angel says, Don't be afraid because I bring you good news. I bring you good news. It's very personal, a very personal proclamation here that will cause great joy for all people. Because today in the city of David, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Of all the people that the angel could have, could have appeared to and this, this heavenly host could have appeared to, he appears not to the top 1% of the 10% or however Bernie says it. No, he appears to shepherds. Sheep herders. Now I want to tell you, as I, as I, I told you a couple of weeks ago something about sheep herders. They were despised during the time of the Bible. They were outcasts. They're odd, strange. Well, that's a, that's a true statement. But that's true in any profession when you stop and think about it. where you work. Don't you have somebody that's odd, strange, weird? Or you work for someone who's odd, strange, or weird? I'm in the glass business. We put in a lot of Mercedes and BMW glass. And guess what? I know? I've learned about them. My brother calls them wackadoodles. Odd, strange, quirky, Kid you not, I could spend three hours telling you about customers that are way out there. And so, you, and I, I know a few weeks ago I was saying something about the shepherds were these kind of guys. I'm not so sure. You say, Are you wrong, Tim? I said, Well, yeah, they're, they're quirky people and everything. But I'm, I don't know if that's the point that's being made here. You see, history has not been, not very, been very kind to the shepherd. Uh, most of the, 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 um, the observations about shepherding that preachers such as I get information about come from about three different sources. They come from comments made by Aristotle. Who was a Greek philosopher who lived after Jesus? He said he despised shepherds. He said they were dishonest; they were always taking their herds into somebody else's field and claiming ignorance. You couldn't trust them, their testimony in court. But he's talking about Grecian shepherds there. Uh, there's a there's a Babylonian Talmud that talks uh, down about shepherding and, and shepherds, and I I don't quite understand it completely. There's a Jewish rabbi's a little book called the Mishnah that also is makes very negative statements about shepherds. But this again is long after, hundreds of years after Jesus, after the time of these shepherds. There is a passage in Genesis 46 where Joseph talking to his brothers when they're coming to Egypt, says, listen, tell Pharaoh your shepherds, which you are, since you've been, you've been shepherds since you were a boy, tell him that and he'll make sure we all get to be together in the same part of Egypt uh, because the Egyptians find the shepherds detestable. And so they took them to the land of Goshen. There is a reference in Numbers about Because of the rebellion of my people, you will wander around like shepherds in the desert. But I don't think that's a downstatement about shepherds. It's just saying you're going to wander around. You're going to be wandering around a lot. Now, why do you bring all this up? Well, I want to be true to the text. I want to be true to what's going on here. And what I've learned is, is that the Bible is very favorable when it talks about shepherds. Let's see who can be who are some shepherds. Uh, Abel, Cain and Abel. His sacrifice was accepted. That's the kind of man he was. That's the kind of character he displayed. Made his brother so angry he killed him. You have Abraham who was a shepherd. It's a very common occupation. Mm, maybe there's the hint right there. Abraham was a shepherd. He's the father of of the faithful. You have. Um, Isaac, his son, was a shepherd. Jacob, twelve sons of Jacob, all shepherds. David was a shepherd, wasn't he? Who became a king. Not too bad. Didn't he write... He wrote something in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. If shepherd such a bad thing, you wouldn't call the Lord a shepherd, would you? Jesus... In the Christmas story is told that a ruler will come from this town of Bethlehem and he will shepherd God's people and that was meant to be a good thing not a bad thing Where's this going what are you trying to say Well look at this passage in Amos I love this passage in Amos 7 I love this This is Amos and he's he's a and he's a prophet and look what he says He's talking to the high priest. He says, look, I'm not a professional prophet. I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd. In other words, I'm just a herdsman. And I take care of sycamore fig trees. What's he mean by that? I'm a fruit picker. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, go and prophesy to my people in Israel. What's he saying? He said, I'm just a common everyday shepherd. I don't have a lot. I don't, I'm not lighting up the world. I'm just a regular, everyday, average Joe, plain Jane person. That's what I believe is going on here. Oh yeah, there's quirky people. you got your quirks. i got my quirks. But I want you to see that though the world may look at you and you blend in, you blend in with the rest of the world and the world may not notice you and you may not matter to God because you are just like everyone else, common. The Lord notices you. The Lord singles you out. You matter to Him. Look what it says about these shepherds. After seeing Him, the Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Was it because they were crazy, outcast, weirdos? No. That was what not ama- That is what amazed them. It was their story. It was the story of the Christ being born. So why announce? Why announce this incredible moment not to the elite, not to the top 10%, not to the, not king Herod. Not, why start with the shepherds? Because I believe God wanted you and I to know right off the bat that you and I matter. Why talk to these blue collar work with their skills with their hands, this common occupation Because they matter to God. And you do too. They're dirty. They're smelly. I've heard people say that. I've said it. Then I got to thinking, but everybody's dirty and smelly. I heard a preacher one time, Jim McGuigan, say, have you ever got a good whiff of yourself? We put on colognes and perfumes and deodorants to cover up what? Our stinkiness. Shepherds just didn't have that then. Everybody smelled. And everybody still does. Amen? See, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You matter to God. And the good news, according to this angel, he says it's for everyone. And that's important because most of us are just ordinary people. You know, if I tweet something, it isn't going to get retweeted. I don't I don't have you google me you're not going to find anything Most people that's the way it is for most people Most of us are not the most religious person in the crowd We just blend in Like I said before plain Jane average Joe You know the 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 shepherds did not bring gold and frankincense and myrrh to Jesus. They had nothing to bring. They just brought themselves. What a powerful thought. See, God doesn't want my stuff. He wants me. He's not so interested in your stuff. He's interested in you. Look at what the Bible says here. Brothers and sisters, God chose you to be His. Wow, there's a lot right there. God chose you to be His. I don't know it what it's like for you growing up. I grew up in a small town in Albion when I was around oh, between my birth and six years old. I grew up in Albion. We had a neighborhood. You know neighborhoods are. You always got together. You play, we played things like Army and Tag. And sometimes we'd get together, all the kids would get together, and we'd play baseball over at Donnie Compton's house. Donnie Compton was three years older than me. And he could play baseball, football. He was a, he would be our starting quarterback in high school. And he was big, strong, tough. I remember I was six years old. We went over to Donnie's house, and there was my brother was there, my little brother Danny, he's three, and we're all get, okay. We're gonna we're play baseball, real baseball, and none of this wimpy stuff. We're gonna play with a real baseball, and I brought my glove. I could never keep it on because it was so big, keep falling off my hand. Line up, everybody lines up, and Donnie and uh, another another guy Don, uh, Don Murray or I can't remember his name is Mike Murray Mike Murray had, there they were okay here we go I pick you I pick you they pick my brother Mike one of the first guys that gets picked is my older brother Mike Mike is big and athletic he's been in track he can do stuff I'm thinking all right they, all the guys get picked they go well we got our teams and there's Danny and I standing there what do we do and you could see them go, wait a minute. And they get together and they're looking. No, you take him. No, you take him. I don't want him. Like I can't hear it. How about you guys? You could be the umpires. The umpires? What's an umpire? That's perfect. You stand here. You stand here. And you tell us if somebody's out or safe. It's awful. I knew what was going on. I wasn't chosen. Now, just imagine—you know—all um, these guys that I watched play in front of me all grew to about six foot tall. And as I grew, I noticed—I'll never forget the first time I finally was chosen. We'll take ten. I was chosen last. Some other kid was crying. I wasn't. I'm on a team. <laughs> I sat on the bench, but I was on the team. But I remember being chosen first. When you're six four and you're playing basketball, we'll take Tim. Sorry, Lizard. You know well, There's something incredible about being chosen, especially chosen first. The shepherds are chosen first. And look at it again, brothers and sisters, he's talking about to Christians here in Corinth, God chose you to be His. Think about that. I do. And you should too. We should think about that because look what it says. Not many of you were wise in the way the world judges wisdom. What's he saying? Only a few of you were exceptional. The rest of you were common. Most of us are common. Not many of you had great influence. don't have a lot of power and influence with people. In fact, I'm not sure if I'm even noticed. Most people weren't noticed. He said, God chose you though. I like this one. Not many of you came from important families. The reason I say that is because uh, this week, I don't know why, for some reason, I picked up an old family history book started reading about my family. My mom's been trying to get me to read this, read this. I, You know, okay, I'll try some. So I'm going through it. A little pamphlet, some relative made. It gets to the St. Ledger's. And that's where I came from, was the St. Ledger family. So I'm excited. Two of the St. Ledger brothers come from Ireland. They leave, our, And shows the route they take. Oh, cool! And they come to America. And they get a deed for 160 acres in Illinois, in Edwards County. And they decide to go get their brother Thomas St. Ledger. Thomas St. Ledger is my great-great grandfather. He's 19 when he makes the trip in, that, in 1835. They show the route they came. Oh, I'm, you know, what I'm expecting they come through Ellis Island. They register. Not my family. They get off a boat somewhere in Canada. And they walk all the way around the Great Lakes and they come to the Mississippi in Illinois and float all the way down to St. Louis and sneak 150 miles that way. I'm so glad that there wasn't a fellow there saying we're going to build a wall. I'm so glad. My family snuck in. We snuck in. I'm an illegal alien. <laughs> Where are your papers? I don't What are you trying to say, Tim? Most of us here aren't sons of the American Revolution or daughters of the American Revolution. Most of us here didn't come on the Mayflower. Our family didn't come. What do we do? We snuck in. We come in from some other way. Most of us Look at also what he says here. But God chose, praise God. God chooses you to be his. God chose the foolish things of the world. That may sound like an offhand insult. You call me foolish, Lord? Do I really have to? He chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose what the world thinks is not important. What they hate. They think nothing of. He chose these to destroy what the world thinks is important. Most of us are average Joes. Most of us are plain plain Janes. And we don't light up the world. We're not lighting the world on fire. We're, we don't have a lot of fame. We're ordinary. I want, to, want you to understand something this morning. If you say, oh, just, I kind of like to blend in the crowd. You, listen, people like you and I, Do most of the living and dying in this country. Do most of the work in this country. This country wouldn't be a country without the ordinaries. And God chose the ordinaries of the world the common, the farmer, the shepherd. Look what his Bible says here. The lowly he sets on high, it says in Job 5. The lowly. This is one of, by the way, this is one of the things Job's friend says. That's right. It's true. He, he the lowly he sets on high. In Luke one, this is part of the Christmas story. Mary says these words. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. That's what Christmas is about. It's about saying to you and I, you matter. I matter. We matter. Let me ask you got anybody on your list that doesn't matter to you? You might want to rethink that. Because God says they all matter. Well their sexual orientation I, they matter. They're a different color, they matter. They're a different religion. They matter. I mean I have to I mean, I don't have to agree. I do need to agree with God that they matter. And the most fouled up, messed up, screwed up person that you know matters to God and should matter to you. It? It? we sing a song, we quote Second Samuel, where David says he stoops down to make me great. And that what Christmas is? He comes from heaven. Stoops down to make me great. That's what we should celebrate. No wonder the shepherds are celebrating because they've realized we matter to God. We're not lost in the crowd. And I want you to know this morning God chose them and He chooses you. So celebrate. Celebrate Christmas. Number two, I learned from the shepherds I can celebrate Christmas because Christmas offers me peace. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Thousands upon thousands of angels are celebrating. Why? The baby brings, this baby brings peace. What the world has never had. Much needed peace. Now the Roman Empire is at peace with all with, on all their borders at this time. There's no war going on. It's very rare. It's a rare time. But they're not fighting anybody. So Jesus is not talking about having peace between nations, although He does bring peace. He says He brings the kind of peace... He brings a different kind of peace. And it's not the kind of peace... That deals with things on the outside so much as things uh, having peace on the inside. We call it peace of mind. Remember what I told you to remember that word return? Remember what happens here. Look what it says about the shepherds. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Where were they returning to? The same old life they had. Returning back to their flock returning back to the relationships they had, returning back to the town, returning back to whatever situation they were in, and yet they're praising God. Did their situation change? No, but inside they did. And that changes everything. They see things differently. Look what David says in Psalms 4. When I go to bed, I sleep in peace because, Lord, You keep me safe. In Psalms 131, David says these words, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I love the message here. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart like a baby content in his mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel. Wait for God. Wait with hope. Hope now. Always hope. What's he saying? He said trust the Lord. That's what one translation. Trust the Lord. Because I don't I don't worry about the things I can't deal with. I can't control that's what he's saying. "I, I don't have that much power. I'm weak. I don't have to be in control, Lord. And when I see things happening around and David, you gotta admit, had a very, very volatile life. All had people trying to kill him. People trying to undermine him. He lost a child. He got caught up in sin. It's not been a bed of roses for, for David. He's felt the thorns. And what's he say? I can sleep. Why? Because I've cultivated this quiet heart. This, I'm like a baby sleeping in his mommy's arms. I can sleep because I'm safe. I know I'm going to be okay. Guys, listen. I'm with you on this. I do it. If you do this, I do it too. I want God to change my circumstances. Then I can praise Him. And sometimes He does. Sometimes He actually changes my circumstances. But I want you to know, God is not as interested in changing my circumstances as in changing me in those circumstances. The shepherds are returning to their fields. And just like the shepherds return to their fields, We return to our workplace. We return to our campus, our roommate, our home. I return to my circumstances. And Christmas says I can return to these places praising God and celebrating because He gives me peace and tranquility. Because of God, because of Christmas, I can finally say I'm going to be all right. I gotta tell you, uh, sometimes I'll sit here and oh, I think about what I'm gonna talk about, and then sometimes I'll look at you. And while you're sizing me up, I'm sizing you up too. You know, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, who's gonna be hurt? Because I know uh, Tom was right. Some of us here, this year's been a tough one. I know some of you here. What's 2017 gonna do? It's gonna, you're gonna get hurt in 2017. Something could happen. I want you to know whatever whatever you're facing now, and some of us here, whatever you're facing in the future, all of us are facing something. You're going to be alright. You're going to be alright. Because the Prince of Peace didn't just come into the world. He's now inside you as a believer. You're going to be okay. Look what Isaiah says. You, Lord, give true peace. You give peace to those who depend on you. You give peace to those who trust you. Depend on you and trust you. You see, when I'm all worried and I get all caught up in the things that's happening to me and I get affrighted, which God understands all these, He's saying, You depend on me, you trust me, and you can find this peace that I brought. You can have this peace that I bring through Christ. Number three, I can celebrate, I learned from the shepherds here, I can celebrate Christmas because Christmas says God is for me. God is for me. You know, the shepherds, I said a minute ago, here's something very personal. For you, a child is born, a Savior, and you will find him in a manger. And what Christmas, I noticed this, it, this is what I noticed. And then the angels say this, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. I look at that verse and I've, I'm going, I'm curious. Because the King James says, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And it's, a, it's not a very good translation. He's talking about that God's going to give peace to those that he favors. That he that where his favor rests on them. What's he talking about here? This favor. This word favor is in the Christmas story quite a bit. In Luke one, the angel, when she when he talks to Mary, says he says to Mary you are highly favored by the lord you are highly favored mary of course is is terrified she is terrified in verse 29 and 31 it says you are highly favored because and she's terrified because don't be afraid for you are favored you have god's favor she sings a song after this encounter. And uh, let me read it to you uh, here in Luke, Luke 1. This is her song, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Sounds like she's celebrating. Why, Mary? Well, He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. He thought of me. He thinks of me. From now on all gera- generations will call me blessed. You know what another word for blessed means favored. Ge- people will say I was favored is what she's and it's true. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. See favor, when well, you have the favor of God. See Noah had the favor of God, helped him build this huge ark. Joseph had the favor of God and got him through controversy and, and tight spots. Raised him up to be second in power to Pharaoh himself. David had the favor of God; was given the favor of God, and he takes down a giant. What does it mean to have? What does it mean to have the favor of God? It means to have God's kindness. That's beyond what is due or usual. What are, you, what are you talking about? We have this. we do this. Don't you have people you favor over others? I do. Let's be honest. my son, uh, Nathan and Nicole, are getting another house. I'm excited for him, and uh, you know we're wanting to give him some money. I'm not giving it to your kids. Well, Tim, why not? I think it's called favor. Well, you don't like my kids? I love your kids. I love most of your kids. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? We favor. We have favorites. We have friends. We favor. What, What does that mean? We're extra kind to them. Why do we favor them? Because they please us. We like being with them. We want to be with them. Am I the only person? I'm guilty. Well, God shows no favoritism. No, watch out. Don't mess with that verse too much here. He's not talking about His favor here. He's saying the Gospel's for everybody. He doesn't show favorites that way. But when He gives His favor to you, you know what He's doing? He's going to give you a little extra help. It's called mercy and kindness. Because that's what you and I extend to people that we favor, don't we? We cut them some slack. We give them a break. We help them a little bit more than everyone else. Favor is about how God treats me. And, he's, and Christmas is about the favor of God. And that favor promises you two things. God is with me. And God is for me. And so He's going to do whatever He can to help me. He's going to give me the help and support I need. How do you know that, Tim? Well, this verse here in, in Luke 2 makes it real clear. Today, the, He tells the shepherds, Let me tell you what you've got, guys, that we want you to know about. Today in Bethlehem, in the city of David, the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah and the Lord. See, God's favor gives us a Savior. He does beyond the usual. He doesn't call 911. He is 911. He doesn't say, Tim's out there somewhere, fellas. Hope you can help him. No, he goes out there and dies in the process of saving me. Far beyond. He saves your life by sacrificing His. That's what a Savior does. He's the Messiah. He's the Deliverer. The one they've been waiting on. The Jews have been waiting on. All mankind's been waiting for. He doesn't just deliver... Be able to deliver the Jews. He's able to deliver all of mankind. And He was promised and He's an unbroken promise from God. So when God has His favor on me, He wants to save me and fulfill all of His promises to me. And then it says He's Lord. What's that mean? With His favor, He possesses all power. And He'll use all the power He can, all the power He has to help you with whatever you face. I'm going to say it again. You're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay when I have God's favor. Now, I want to say this as I close. God may offer favor to all men, but it says it's on who it rests on. Does God's favor rest on you? That's what I'm asking you this morning. What do you mean? Well, God just doesn't give it to you. You must search for Him. And when you find Him, you find His favor. Again, Proverbs 8, For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. I know it's talking about His wisdom, but God is wisdom. And when you find the Lord, you receive favor from the Lord. Isaiah 66.2 says, I show special favor to the humble and contrite who respect what I say. God favors all people, but to the believer, you humble, contrite before God, repentant before God, surrendered before God, you would obey what He says, Hey guys, there's a a baby born in a manger. Here's how you can go find Him. And they, they put their lives on hold to go find Jesus. That's the priority they now have. And what do they find when they get there? They find the favor of God. I want you to know that's something to celebrate. That God is with us and for us. God is with you. I want you to know this morning, you have reason to praise God when you go back to work tomorrow, when you go home today. You have a God that is not only with you, He is for you and will do all He can to help you. The only question is are you searching for Jesus? Some of you here, are you searching for Jesus? Are you pursuing the King? Because you're not going to find His favor without looking for Him first. Maybe you're somebody, you go, you know, Tim, I I never thought about this. I've gotten away from God. It's time to come back and pursue the King. Pursue the King. And you'll find His favor. You'll find His peace. That's why He came. He came to pursue you. What's important is this. Whatever way you've, you, you plan on celebrating Christmas, I hope you'll make those adjustments. And let's celebrate what Christmas is really all about. You have a card in your bulletin, and it's a, it's a simple communication card. To just <laughs> you can write a comment if you like, or a prayer request, or maybe you're going to make it. Maybe you want to make a decision today. I ask you to take the time as we sing a song here to fill out that card. I want you to know something, folks. God singles you out of all the world to love you and to help you. You matter to Him. You matter to Him so much. I hope you'll leave today excited and praise God that He cares so much. After you fill out this card uh, or sing this song, we'll sing another one, of course, and take up all those cards along with our regular contribution. And may God bless you. Bless you today. And let the holidays be truly happy. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for uh, Your Word. We always do, Lord, every week. Thank You for the things in Your Word, Lord. The, 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 the principles in Your Word, Father. Christmas... Says a lot, Father, and I I think about—I just think about Father how you you care about each of us, Father, and by talking to the shepherds, you're saying you care about all of us. And Father, we get lost in the crowd; we blend in real easily, but it never escapes your notice. We know you see us, and we know, Father, you're zeroing in your love and favor and mercy on us right now, because Father, we're not perfect; we smell. We mess up. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your love. Father, we pray for peace. Some of us here have got stuff inside us that just were torn up inside. We're wrenched inside, Father. Everything shook up. And we want peace. We need peace. We worry about our finances. We worry about our health. We worry about people. Lord, give us peace. Much needed peace. And Father, thank You so much for being for us. Thank You for saving us. Thank You for giving us kindness way beyond what's expected. Father, help us extend that kind of love to those around us that they know they know within seconds of being with us that we're for them too. Father, help us find you in a much richer and deeper way this Christmas season. Father, I think about Stephanie. I think about Janet. I think about those of us that are sick. People that are you know, Stephanie had this procedure, and she's radioactive right now. All this stuff inside her body. It's amazing what medicine is, Father, what it does. Would You heal her? Make her comfortable? I know the side effects are, are not, not good. I know that Janet needs healing in her body, Father. Father, I pray that uh, for those of us here that are, that are here, we're not ailing physically, we're ailing emotionally. Would You bring healing and help into our hearts. Father, I pray that as we leave, that we will tell other people, there's other people that need to know about You, about what Christmas is about. Help us have the courage of the shepherds and the faith of the shepherds, the humility of the shepherds, and talk about Christmas, perhaps in a different way, that will touch a life. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.